I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. You know, if you love a movie, there are hundreds of people that made it lovable for you. If you don't like it, blame the director. That's what our name's there for. I hate when people talk during the movie. Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. Welcome back, guys, and welcome to another edition of... Comic Terry, where myself and a guest comment on a comic-based animated project whilst watching it. And I've brought back our very favourite animaniac, Dan Keatis. Hiya! Hello, welcome back. Yeah, How are I, you feeling? I'm good. I can't remember what the animaniacs actually said. I was going to, like, burst out a <laughs> catchphrase. <laughs> Wobble dab 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 Hello, no, wait, that's not it. Nurse. That's it. Hello, nurse. <laughs> And they had the um, the the, so- the song about all the the different countries. I used to like Paraguay. Da, 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 da. I can't remember it myself. Yeah, oh, I remember. And and also like something about the 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 opening credits. There was a bit where it's like we have pay for play contracts, and it's like <laughs> that's not funny to any child. But like when I, when I grew up and found out what that meant, I was like, that's that's actually really clever. That is yeah. quite funny. Well, welcome back, and we are going to delve right into my childhood and, and a bit of yours as well. Oh yeah, big time, definitely. Um, while we are going to look at the Spider-Man, the animated series of the 1990s. Yeah, it's, it's whenever you're getting into animated Spider-Man, there is a lot. There's to, a lot. That, it's quite ambiguous because there is a lot of it. There's, there's, ones, there's ones from the 60s, the famous one from the 60s that went on for quite a while. There's one from the 80s. There's Spider-Man is Amazing Friends. There's this... There's, you know, Ultimate Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, MTV Spider-Man. We Marvel could, Spider-Man. Marvel <laughs> Spider-Man. We could go on, you know, and on and on and on. And, you know, Spider-Man's made cameos in Avengers shows and various other things. It's just a mountain of animated Spider-Man. But this, for me, is the, the gold standard. I mean, obviously, you are the, the Spider-Man fan among us, but like I've always I've always had a, a, a soft spot for the character. I've always liked him. In, in, mm. I've always been ostensibly a DC guy, but yeah. I've always liked everything Spider-Man-related that I've seen. Mm. Um, even The Amazing Spider-Man 2 yeah. uh, definitely has its moments. It does. It does. I, 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 I don't hate it. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I prefer it to Spider-Man Three. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a Clone Wars for future. That would be a good one. Yeah. Which yeah. is the worst? Which one was worse out of the worst ones? But I, I remember my one of my first exposures to Spider-Man actually being the '70s live-action sort of uh, series. Was it TV movies or I think a series? It was Nicholas Hammond. Nic- Nicholas Hammond. Yeah. 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 Um, wasn't it I think originally in the pilot Larry Hagman uh, was it Larry Hagman no I think it was Larry, Larry Hagman as JJ JJ yeah yeah Larry Hagman is he the no I'm thinking he might be a different guy but I'm thinking the do you remember Bewitched the show Bewitched yeah yeah so the, the like the I think it was the uncle or the or the no it's his boss it was the, okay the, the husband's boss in Bewitched he played JJ Jonah Jameson in the pilot Oh, that's cool. But then he was replaced. I remember, because I think the pilot was, and there was a, it was like about mind control or something, but I digress. But yeah, I remember like <laughs> watching that and thinking, yeah, Spider-Man's really cool, because mm. I was six and, you know, yeah. everything's cool when you're six. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got I had it on VHS. We had both movies kind of back-to-back on VHS. I think one of them was like the Dragon's Challenge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so, I remember yeah. that, yeah. But I, I enjoy it. I like, like we said, we enjoy a lot of Spider-Man-related stuff. And I thought it would be a good time to look at some specific episodes, since... 
Venom has just been announced, the sequel, that Tom Hardy is coming back. Yeah, I mean, there's nowhere to go but up there. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean it's it's not a good... It's it's immensely enjoyable. Yes. But, like, it's not good. Yeah, so I think I think there's definitely... There's room, there's room to grow, but I think there is enough of a foundation yeah. to build on. It's definitely not the worst comic book movie I've seen. It's definitely not the best, but I enjoyed it for... I enjoyed it for the performance that Tom Hardy gives for the most part. Everything else, yeah, it's fine. Um, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, it wasn't as bad. I, uh, you know, Dark Phoenix wasn't great either, but again, I don't think it's as bad as everybody's making out, but there you go. Um, but we're going to look at the Alien Symbiote Saga, I believe it's called. Part I think one it's, to three. I think it's called the Alien Suit oh, in this one. Alien yeah. Suit or Alien Costume? The, uh, yeah, something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll have a look yeah. when we play it. So so we're going to... I think, should we get started? Should yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're watching along with us, we're uh, we're on a black screen at the moment. It's zero, 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 all zeros. Um, this is incredibly hard to get hold of. So if yeah, you so have we, got a copy, fair play to you. Yeah, I've, I've got it on DVD, so that's what we're going to watch. And, and the, this, this time, unlike the Superman episode we did, the episodes are going to run back to back. So That's right. Yeah, it's going to stream all the way through. So um, whichever way you're watching, just give it a go. So yeah, join us through a triple bill. We're going to get started mm. in three, two, one, and we're rolling. Here we go. So we've got the classic. Here comes the webs. All the CG. What did you think of the CG? I mean, at the time, I was like, wow, that's really impressive. They've managed to mix computer-generated graphics with hand-drawn graphics. And yeah. I remember thinking it was it was really cool. And I really liked the fact that, like, the first thing you see is the web just go whoosh yeah. into the camera. It's like you're, really you're in. Cool. It's, almost like, it's almost like a 20th Century Fox logo or an MGM logo. Yeah. But it's a big web. Yeah. And it's... Um, we was, I was saying to you before, like, what I love about this series is it's it's an introduction to the Marvel Universe via Spider-Man. Mm. And uh, there's quite a lot of... Uh, as the series progresses, you get to see quite a lot of the other Marvel characters, heroes and villains. Even in the first episode, he references, I think, four different other Marvel properties. I think he references the Hulk, Defenders, Avengers, Fantastic Four, uh, even the Human Torch, I think, in the second episode, maybe. So, That's awesome. So he was already kind of setting that groundwork. And we're in. That was the, that was the intro over. Oh, the alien costume. The alien costume, yeah, you're go. absolutely Part right. One. Story by Avi Arad and Stan Lee. Now, obviously, uh, Avi Arad would go on to be a producer in the films. Yes, I believe. the X Men, yeah. the X Men, and, and Spider Man as well. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a, he had a hand, and I think this this is the first on screen adaptation of this storyline as well. This was never adapted. That's before right. On yeah, screen. Yeah. This is only in the comics. Um, so obviously they've avoided the Secret Wars crossover. Yeah. So yeah. this is John Jameson, so Jonah Jameson's son, the well-known astronaut who Spider-Man saved in this very first issue, um, The Amazing Spider-Man. He's collecting, he, he basically, he, well he collects that element, which yeah, we learned Prometheum X. Prometheum X. Um, which is not, well when I thought, when I was a kid I got a little bit confused, it's not entirely clear if that is actually the costume or it's linked to it, because it's both they're both black. I thought that, yeah, because um, he does. I remember he does say a line that says, uh, "We we don't have subtitles on this disc, so we're just gonna have to freestyle the uh, <laughs> the actual dialogue." But we'll I'm make, sure he we'll says he thinks the rock's bleeding yeah, because you've got this bleeding. big black rock and then you've got this slimy goo underneath. Do, do it. you want to know an interesting fact? You know the newscaster here. Always, he is actually a real newscaster. He's That's a, cool. A news presenter, and he's actually in Arrested Development. Oh really? Yeah, he makes an appearance. He's the kind of the news presenter on their show. I like uh, that. And I remember hearing, I went, I know that voice. And usually when I recognise a voice, it's usually from something like Spider Man or or X Men or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I really like the way that Jonah's presented in this show as well. He's yes, he is cantankerous, and he's he can be he hates Spider Man for no real reason, and all this other stuff. But he is he's still a nice human being, and he yeah, and he also like has his you know re, you know his news principles, his you know reporting principles, and the truth, and everything must come first. That truth must come first in all the work that he does. And we do get to see a, a softer side to JJ, especially where his son's involved in this episode, and I really like that. And but also it's like. He he can't. As soon as his prejudices are affirmed, yeah. he can't wait to like jump, yeah, on, jump it. on it straight away. And we've got Eddie Brock in this, obviously, uh, voiced by up. Hank Azaria, exactly. Apu yeah, himself. Yeah. Oh, well, let's not get into that. That's <laughs> controversial enough as it is. There's a problem with Apu, but well, <laughs> that's incredibly driven. There's so many different uh, characters he's mm. voiced over the years, but yeah. Uh, so I won't hold it against him too much. Um, but here we go. We've got. Uh, the rock is now bleeding, in fact, um, in the spaceship. And this is very similar to what happened in the actual Venom film, wasn't it? That's correct. We've yeah. actually got... And Spider-Man the... 3 as well. Well, actually, no, no, it's a, that's an asteroid, isn't That it? reminds me, you know, um, I remember in Spider-Man 2, John Jameson was in Spider-Man 2 because he, is, he was yeah. uh, engaged to MJ. That's right, yeah. And everyone thought, oh, well, Spider-Man 3 is going to be him going into space and, like, mm-hmm. the symbiote gets involved then. So I was a little bit disappointed in Spider-Man 3 where it just just lands on Earth for no reason, right where Peter Parker is. Well, it, in, a way, in a way, it kind of links into to John Jameson's past in the comics. He actually, he was on the moon and he picked up a, a kind of a gemstone he found and he thought, this is a lovely bit of jewellery, I'll wear this. And then, he, and then he quickly found out that it turned him into a werewolf. Oh. Uh, so known as the man-wolf. So just be careful where you buy your jewellery from. Exactly, really. yeah. Exactly, keep it... Oh, and may but get down to the basement. I remember that line. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, uh, so there's obviously the we've just seen that the John Jameson's having issues with the symbiote on the shuttle, and it looks like it's going to crash down in New York. Yeah, this is pretty epic for like a you know a Saturday morning TV show. Yeah, we're straight in there, like quite quite enormous sort of peril, mm. and uh, we've also met quite a lot of characters very very quickly. And what I I, what I really like about these episodes is. They introduce a lot mm. of characters, um, and it weaves them into the story very, very well. And, and it just uses the time very efficiently. Yeah, well. and it just made me think about like Spider-Man Three and Amazing Spider-Man Two both come into a lot of criticism because oh, they tried to shoehorn in too many villains, and this <laughs> this, this is like an hour's worth of content. Yeah, pretty much. And it shows that you can actually do quite well. Like you don't need to like already. We've got Kingpin. We've got Alistair Smythe. Rhino. We've got Rhino. You've got, you got um, Jonah, Robbie, Hold Daily Bugle. You've got Aunt May waiting at home. Um, and, and even if you've never watched an episode of this show, you, you, you can follow it. You know who everyone is. Oh, yeah. yeah if, you're, if you're aware of Spider-Man, even if you don't know Spider-Man... Oh, here we go. Swinging out. Not, uh, not suspicious at all. Him just swinging <laughs> out of the Daily Bugle. Hey, Spider-Man came out of my building. Um, <laughs> I love how, speaking of cantankerous characters, I do love how Hank Azaria portrays Eddie Brock. He's he this, does, yeah, it's really good. Opportunistic, cranky New York journalist. He's more of like a sensationalist kind of journalist. Yeah. He's, he's just after you know the, the next big story, the next big break, the next big bit of money he can grab. I love that the kingpin is sweating there because he's worried that yeah. Alistair, Alistair Smythe calculates that the rocket will not hit the building. <laughs> but kingpin's wiping away some sweat. Um, now this is a really like creepy image. You've got these, yeah. these astronauts and the symbiotes 
crawling over them and it's obscuring the uh, I was going to say the windscreen but whatever yeah. whatever spaceships yeah. have for a windscreen. Sure windscreen I mean yeah I guess I mean it keeps the wind out yeah it's probably it's probably got a more fancy name than that um, when I was when I was a kid I watched this uh, I don't know if you remember it was it was on Live and Kicking I do remember do Live remember? and Kicking yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was a BBC kids TV show and they would play this and yeah. they do little teasers and trailers for it and I remember seeing the rhino for the first time I didn't know who the rhino was I wasn't aware of the rhino I didn't know all the characters yet um, so this is very much my first introduction to that character, and I actually thought it was just the kingpin in a rhino suit, <laughs> um, until obviously you get a good look and it's obviously a lot, well I mean he speaks to him on the phone, it's clearly not him, and the body type's totally wrong as well, um, but you know, they don't look too dissimilar in, in a way, you know, if you didn't yeah. see the kind of gut, oh, Spider-Man's there, he's, he's seen that the, the, the door's been ripped off the space shuttle. It's really interesting with how censorious um, kids' animated series were in the 90s. Mm. But that, that rocket just landed and it went straight down the Washington Bridge. And there was just all these cars and it was just, just absolutely pancaking. It's like, they're all dead. Yeah. Everyone in those cars is dead. There's no way <laughs> well, they're not. We did, see, we did see footage of them running. So oh, okay. we've got to assume that nobody's I mi- in there. I, I missed that. Fair <laughs> Fair okay. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so Rhino's just running into Spider-Man now. He's going to kill him. Oh, no, no. The Kingpin wants the Prometheum X. Now, is that a thing from the comics? You'll have to forgive me. I'm Absolutely not Absolutely sure. not, as I'm Oh, aware. okay. Uh, yeah, it's a totally original um, kind of idea. Oh, the Spider Tracer. Yep, got to have a Spider Tracer. Got to have a Spider Tracer. Um, in the comics, weirdly, they don't, they don't seem to do this in this series because he has a little kind of device that tells him where they are. But in the comics, it's usually linked to his spider sense. Okay. He's kind of he's keyed it in, the Spider Tracer. So... The closer he gets, the his spider sense reacts to it. So he goes, okay, I'm getting close to whoever I need to be or wherever I need to go. Um, there we go. Spider-Man thinks he saved the day. He's kind of gloating there. Um, that will come back to bite him in the bum. I really like the visuals of this. There's a real sort of John Romita Sr. kind mm. of look to Spider-Man, which I really dig. And it's it's, it's very classic, but also it's, it's, it is very sort of uh, to go all John Peters, 90s yeah. style. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, he loved giant spiders, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I was really sort of... Because like quite a lot of the other um, animated series, they've, they've changed his body type in mm. a lot of ways. But yeah. um, this is very sort of like... He's not, he's not super muscular, yeah. but he's kind of stocky. He's like average height. He's, yeah. uh, I, think, the, I think he has to be to kind of like... There's, I like, I do like Spider-Man. He's kind of like creepy and weird and and odd looking, like insect like, like kind of eyes. Todd McFarlane. Yeah, but yeah. I also like kind of more kind of. I think they've tried to marry. Like, he's not like weedy and and like a fifteen year old because yeah. they've had that look. And then you know, I think they have, like you said, you've, they've married absolutely the perfect version. It is very John Romita Senior, exactly. And there's the uh, there's the. The symbiote itself on his chest, but and he thinks it's just something that's just stuck, like pollution that's stuck to him, which I quite like. Here's the here's the sensor now, so it's not connected to his spider sense. He's just got a little like LED compass, I guess. But that's cool. I mean, it shows that like Peter Parker is a scientist. He invents all this, all these little gadgets. Yeah. Now in this series, it is web shooters, isn't it? It's not yes. organic, like no, it's the... definitely it's definitely web shoot. Well, a little in a little later on, it won't be. Okay, but um, but for them normally it's it's yeah he has web shooters and he, and he has to reload them and refill them and I've always liked that because I mean it's, I I get why Sam Raimi went with the organic mm. I, I get that but I think it, it's another added bit of peril or, yeah. or problem that he has to overcome like um, you know the scene I, I was reading I was reading um, I'm going to do a podcast that's coming out that should come out before this 
uh, about the juggernaut, juggernaut, and he crushes his web shooters. Okay. Um, I believe, or he runs out, I can't remember, but yeah, like he's, he's had episodes where, like, it's just an added bit of, so, like, that's taken away from him. How does he get out of the situation? But if he's organic, you could just argue that it just always works and is always refilled. That's cool, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, now this, this little interaction with Peter Parker and Aunt May, I was rewatching this last night and I thought, Aunt May really looks like Beavis. <laughs> 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 Especially from the side. Cornholio. <laughs> um, yeah, the, it's, the, it's the hairstyle, Yeah, isn't it? The, the hairstyle and the head shape, it's, yeah. it's uncanny. <laughs> I, do, um, I do like that. Um, in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, they actually brought, um, brought the, the actor back. I think it's Christopher uh, Barnes. Yeah, Christopher Daniel Barnes. Daniel yeah. Barnes, yeah. And he was interviewed by the Super Nerd UK guys a few years ago. Yes, he ago. was. Yeah. yeah, listen to that. He was oh. Prince Eric as well, I believe. He was Little in Mermaid. Little Mermaid, that's yeah. correct. I think he was in the Brady Bunch movie as well, maybe, I believe. Um, but I think he's, I think he's an incredible Spider-Man. And I think he's funny, he's charming. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I like it as well. Like, this is probably one of the first kind of instances where, it, for me, like a, a hero went really dark and like mm. aggressive and violent, and I was like, "Oh, this is you know for for a, you know for a young kid, this is quite edgy and quite and like oh yeah, this scene here." So so the suit's on gone on Peter now, and he's having a nightmare about it. This is actually a cover from the the original comic where the two suits are battling, and yeah. it's a scene from the comic. I about. really dug that. It's like the the two suits are kind of battling for his soul, aren't yeah. they? Um, like the the true blue sort of. Yeah. This is the identity he's created for himself, but this is like his darker half coming out. And uh, it it seems like because he's been having a really sort of rubbish day, yeah. he's been blamed something he hasn't done. He's generally reviled by. Uh, the bugle yeah. and so he's kind of resentful and it's it's that thing of how the symbiote is attracted to your sort of negative yeah. emotions and I really uh, again like it's, and it's that's, that's probably why it jumped on him in his back I never really thought about that but you're right he's, yeah. he's just seen all this bad news and that, and this scene is straight out of Spider-Man 3 or Spider-Man 3 is straight out of this yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. that's what I mean but, I, really, I really yeah I really love that shot and he's just looking at himself in the mirror mm. and um yeah, it's just it's just a little bit of emotional depth that a, a Saturday morning cartoon doesn't have to go into. But it did like it's it's like Batman the animated series, Superman the animated series. Like it didn't. There was no reason for it to have been this good. Mm. Like it, all it was basically yeah. there was for kids just, entertainment. Yeah, yeah, kids entertainment. Sell some toys. Throw, it's throw all away, good. throw away media. Yeah, but they were like, no, we're, this is an amazing universe. We're going to take this seriously. I love, I love this bit. This is he says, um, he says. I think the line is, oh god, I almost overshot the roof. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he he has no, and the webbing's coming out on its own. Um, it's coming out of the suit directly, not the web shooters. Um, so he's he's understanding this, and like the game, like we like we said, there's so much going on in this short amount of time. They're fitting in so much, um, you know detail characters plot and it all works and, yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't stop for a second the, the not for one minute are you bored no even in the kind of the simpler scenes you know between him and Aunt Mayor and the bugle where you could arguably be bored if you know it's not necessarily for kids no but it is plot related and there's lifting the kind of I think that's a fire yeah fire engine fire yeah. engine yeah and I remember him saying, like, I used to struggle to lift a Volkswagen. So it <laughs> depends what kind of Volkswagen, I guess. But, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just a little... Uh, and, again, I think having that voiceover um, is a really, really good way to sort of um, get in... Em- get em- instant empathy yeah, with your character. Exactly. Yeah. But the suit has just turned into a police officer's uniform. Mm. Now, that's a thing from the comics, isn't that's it? That's correct, yeah. So he can... He basically can... His, his suit can be become just normal clothes so he's always got it on right. and at a moment's notice that's why it's so handy it's like it creates his own webbing so you don't have to worry um, you know 
it's, it's, he's going to do it now here as well. This is a, this is a, a bit here where he goes, um, you know, yeah, you make my new clothes. And then he goes, actually, made me look like the guy from Aerosmith. And then you hear, and Joe Perry of Aerosmith wrote the theme song for the show. That's cool. I like That's that. That's why it's so, uh, you know, very heavily on, on the guitar riffs and stuff like that. Uh, radioactive spider blood, spider blood, <laughs> spider blood. <laughs> um, here we go. We've got uh, Felicia Hardy here. Now, uh, who who blinking your missy? You'll think it's Gwen Stacy. So yes. they kind of merged the characters yeah. there, didn't they? Yeah, she's kind of she's kind of like a bit of like a I don't know, like a socialite heiress in this. Mm. Um, in the comics, she was basically you would meet her and she was just a thief, and her yeah. father was a thief. You know, she's just a skilled cat burglar. And you've got Flash Gordon in this. Flash, Flash Gordon? My, Flash Gordon. <laughs> Gordon's alive? Not in this. Flash Thompson. Um, now, uh, now we're seeing the kind of darker side of, of Peter Parker come up. He says, um, oh, look, he's developed a backbone. And he goes, I've developed a lot more than a backbone. <laughs> and you can tell, like, um, the uh, what's his name? Christopher Barnes. Yeah. He's having a lot of fun with oh, this. Yeah. And, and I think... You know when when you're reading Batman comics, you hear Kevin Conroy. Mm. When I'm reading Spider Man, I hear this guy. I do either I do. this guy yeah. or Reno Romano, who did him in the PlayStation One game. Yes, so he did. those those are my like which formative Spider Man. Which voices. is kind of based off this anyway. Oh yeah, so, very yeah, very very similar. Know, um, he's just backflipping there. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Just Why wouldn't like, you? I mean, everything's going well for him. You know, he's got a good suit. You know, he's he's, he's you know, and I I get the kind of the temptation as well in this like. The power and all that—it's very tempting. Well, especially when the world's been sort of like kicking you while you're down as exactly. well. Like it's only human to lash out, and I really like that the symbiote sort of like catches onto that and, and exaggerates it and amplifies it. I just think that's really cool, and it's one of the it's one of the things that they kind of got right in Spider-Man Three. Um, it's it's certainly not terrible, but yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's. I did, I did like—I I actually quite like the scene where he accidentally hits Mary Jane in Spider-Man Three because that was mm. kind of like that was the turning point for him. He goes right, that's it's gotten too far, it's too yeah. much, and that's when he goes to the clock tower and, and that does all that. Um, here's Aunt May saying, "Oh, that horrible Spider-Man." <laughs> yeah, that's something that I uh, was a bit jarring for me because I'd forgotten that Aunt May's not Team Spider-Man in this iteration yeah. no. because because just because so much of my adult life has been informed by the Sam Raimi Spider-Man yeah. films when it comes to uh, Spidey outside the comics. Yeah, I mean, but um, I mean, even in recent years, um, she's obviously she's found out like in the. J. Michael Straczynski run, which you're a fan of. Big fan, um, yeah. I think it's called The Conversation, where she finds out and they sit down in the park and talk about why you're Spider-Man, how you're Spider-Man, you know, all this. Mm -hmm. Oh, the rhino's back. Running into stuff. Um, but, she, yeah, I mean, even even now she knows... Like It's almost like for the last 34 years she's always kind of known as Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. um, I think in the recent comics she still doesn't know again, mm -hmm. um, for the most part, but... Control rods. It's all about the control rods. It is definitely all about the control rods. So yeah, yeah, he's stealing them because he needs them to experiment. Alistair Smythe and the Kingpin need that to experiment on the Prometheus. That's right. It's only radioactive when you heat it. I believe. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. So it's a rematch. Yeah. No, I, I really like the uh, the rematch with I've got these new powers now, so you ain't shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's really Whoa. cool. Um, here's another interesting fact about the actor. I found out. I read, I read on the IMDb all the actors that played all the different characters. The guy who plays the Rhino is one of the dads in the seventies show. Oh, really? Yeah, not the not the guy from RoboCop, but the other one, the kind of the tubbier dad. Okay. Yeah, not Eric Foreman's dad, the 
the one the other one next door the girls one I can't remember but yeah he plays that that character so he, he's like there's a great line um, there's a great line earlier on where he's like he's like uh, Spider-Man goes where the hell did you come from and he goes Jersey oh yeah that's right <laughs> that's a great line then, and just the delivery on that is absolutely <laughs> superb as well yeah. um, but in the comics he's actually a, a Russian he was a Russian spy yeah that's in right yeah. comics. but to be honest most most Marvel villains were Russian spies yeah, in, yeah. back in the 60s. That was just the way they were. I Almost all of Iron Man villains were, were Russian spies. Yeah, Cold Even, War stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. standard <laughs> stuff. Crimson Dynamo, you know, Black Widow, those sort of things. Even the Titanium Man, you know. Uh, Chameleon as well, quite famously. He's one of uh, Spider-Man's first villains. So, yeah, this is, Spidey's basically going, I'm going to kill you. He's, yeah. he's like, send me to the police. He's like, no, nope, I'm going to murder you. He's going to the dark place, who said any, I think he says who said anything about the police or yeah. something like that. That's right, yeah. Oh, flashback from only 30 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> Just and in case we forgot. Doesn't it come into the great power, great responsibility bit yeah, as well? Right. Or is that later on? I think that might be the following episode. Okay, okay. He's just kind of remembering himself yeah. and who yeah, he is. Yeah, he goes, well, to be honest, I don't, like, arguably, you've just, like, the, the scenes that he's replaying, like, watching it back now, I'm going, mm, he just looks like they caught him on a bad day. He's yeah. Like, it's, like, it's not like he's done something really horrible. He's just being a little bit, like, you know, sticking up for himself. Here we get a flash of, uh, get a flash of Venom coming up. Oh, yeah, that's <sighs> right. He sees his reflection yeah. in the mirror and it's Venom. Goes, what was that? I what really like that. What's happening to me? And that, oh, lightning strike, and that is where we leave, to be continued. Mm. That's, that's a really, really strong start. Exactly. Uh, and yeah. it, it, it lays a lot of foundation, gets you invested in the plot, but there's also a lot of action. I'll be honest, guys, if we've, if we've you know, blathered on through this, not talked about the details, only because it's going at uh, absolute, you know, neck bre- neck, breakneck speed. Yeah. Um, it just goes through all this. But it's, it's still entertaining, it's good, you get it, it's not rushing it, it's... It's a well managed uh, bit of bit of you know animation and and c- cinema really. Nineteen ninety five, so I'd have been thirteen when this came out. Fox which, Kids Worldwide, which so is fun. kind of on the old side of the right age for it, I think personally. So, so we're on to the next episode. We're getting a little bit a little recap from the previous one, saying what's gone on. Um, interestingly, this is one of the animated series. This is one of the kids shows in the nineties that was heavily censored. Because apparently Canada was not was actually banning banned the banned Batman the animated series and, really and Power Rangers because they were too violent. So Spider Man actually doesn't he only throws three punches in the entire show um, that I'm aware of. I did not know that. Um, yeah, it's quite it's quite surprising, and they couldn't they couldn't use kill death or die. Um, to describe anything. Yeah, um, there's a great line from the Green Goblin that that Spider Man is like. Um, he was like, I thought you were, no, but you'll soon be. <laughs> Which is that's one of really my, good. Yeah, it was like, that's one of my favourite lines in it. And one of my, my friend Nathan Smith, who's been on the show, um, he's one of his favourite lines as well. In He-Man, they used to like get around it by saying destroy. Yeah. But um, I remember like, and that like, back in those days, like the 80s were a very, very censorious yeah. time, like course, Reagan yeah. era, mm-hmm. um, family values, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember like, what would always happen is bad guys would charge at He-Man and he'd just like sidestep and they'd fall <laughs> over. <laughs> it's like, that's what you need all this awesome power yeah. for, to be able to step to the side yes. a little bit. All, that, all, that, mm-hmm. all those rippling muscles just <laughs> slightly do a sidestep. Um, and another bit of casting, actually. I, I recently watched... Um, I've been watching a lot of musicals recently, just kind of get out of my comfort zone a bit. Nice. And uh, I watched uh, Grease 2. Oh, yeah, with and Michelle Pfeiffer. I yeah, believe. that's yeah. correct, that's correct. And it was 
awful. Um, <laughs> and the lead actor in this, uh, in that, uh, the lead character, is actually the guy who voices Smythe in this. Oh, really? Yeah, I had no idea, but again, looked up the IMDb. Um, I can just hear it. Even yeah. All these clips. It was um, an excellent theme tune, to be fair. Um, and was it Ephraim, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr.? Was that his name? Was that the actor's name? He played Alfred in Batman the Animated Series. That's right, series, yeah. And he played the Germanic Otto Octavius in this. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, he's, he's, very, he's gone for a very German... But I like the kind of German accent. It kind of brings yeah, a kind I always, of mad scientist vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, I always imagine him with a German accent when I'm reading um, the comics, mm. if I'm honest. Yeah. I love that. I love that Venom's still there, kind of waggling his tongue. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, Venom was so influential on me. I remember so many, so many art lessons. I would just end up drawing Venom. Even nowadays, I still—that's my go-to. Like Doodle is. I yeah. Draw I draw like a, a face on Venom. It is a really cool visual. Yeah. I, and 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 I, I get why I get why a certain generation of Spider-Man fans are so in love yeah. with the character. I I I have mixed feelings about him being shoehorned mm. into Spider-Man Three, but yeah. Th- yeah, there's definitely there's definitely potential. We'll there. see. We'll see. You know, we don't we don't know the f- what the future holds just yet. But um, this is so the the bounty's still on his head, isn't it? Uh, Spider Man's head. Yeah, I don't think we explained. Yeah, uh, J. Jonah Jameson has put a bounty on Spider Man's head because they believe he stole the Prometheum X. Yeah, so he's been is framed. That right? Yeah, so he's been framed because Brock actually was there taking photos. Um, but he told Jonah that he didn't tell Jonah about the Rhino being there. That's right. Yeah. So. So he's got his job back with Jonah. There's a million pound, million dollar bounty on Spider-Man's head, um, and you know he's willing to pay it for whoever gets it. But again, Spider-Man doesn't have the Prometheum X; he's been framed. And these these little paramilitary guys who just happen to be standing there—they've just hit him with a sonic gun, and the suit doesn't like that because we know symbiotes yeah. do not like Sonics. Well, they also don't like flame, which I think this guy's got flame through. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, heat quite a range on that thing. Intent, but yeah, I was going to say. I love that's a really really cool bit of animation. How the mm. suit just like zips a little bit yeah, of just like not quite web, like a tendril. Yeah. yeah. So when he when he wet is it is it the webs or is it the suit? Um, what, what do you mean when it comes when out? He's, when he's actually webbing. So the webbing is coming out the top of his hand. Yeah. Um, so usually it comes out the bottom, you know, bottom side of his hand when he's using his web shooters and there's yeah. a classic. There's a classic pose. Hand pose, you know. The, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the suit is generating its own webbing. Basically. Right. Okay. I think it's kind of understood. I, I don't know. If, I mean, originally it was just webbing, uh-huh. uh, but I think later on when they've depicted it, when they retroactively depicted the suit, I think it's a tendril. Yeah. Um, that they use because you know. Because um, because Eddie Brock doesn't have. Yeah, not really. But I, I, again, comics and alien suits. But one actually that reminds me. One thing this this show does a great job of explaining is that the symbiote learns stuff from mm. its hosts, mm. and um, and and so obviously when we'll, we'll get there, but mm. like it knows now that Peter Parker's Spider Man, so it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if he know if the the symbiote knows the composition of the yeah. web fluid. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And like it said, I know. Um, I think he's, Brock says in the later episode that the the symbiote knows all these secrets from all these different civilizations. And yeah, and, I, and, stuff. I, and that really, and I was like, wow, that's really that's almost Lovecraftian. This yeah. idea that the symbiote is really, really old, and it's seen civilizations all over the galaxy rise and fall. Well, it's almost. I think Venom is kind of a body horror character, really. Yeah, yeah, you know, oh yeah, big time. There's there's a lot of those kind of elements to it, and you know, it takes over the body, and it's dependent on it, and all that sort of stuff, and transforms. 
But yeah, um, Smile's just saying you can walk around with Prometheum-X in your pocket because it is not radioactive until it's heated. Yeah, and he's just selling it to some G.I. Joe stock bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, One's wearing a mask. You the whole planet! <laughs> One's uh, wearing a mask for no reason I don't all. know why the Kingpin is... The, the actual Kingpin of crime, and it's stated in one of the earlier episodes that he runs crime throughout the world, mm -hmm. not just New York, the world... Why is he just selling it to some hoodlums? Yeah, yeah. you think you'd have bigger contacts than that. Maybe, maybe like Hydra or like AIM or something like mm -hmm. that. I would get, but yeah. So here we go. Good old Kurt Connors, who was uh, featured in the very first episode of this, uh, which the Night of the Lizard. Um, that episode's called, and it's a corker. And again, it's quite, it's quite dark. Yeah, like there's a surprising amount of kind of darkness in, in this, and certainly the second season where Spider-Man goes through his mutation, his yeah. neogenic nightmare. I like the fact that he trusts him enough to like figure out what this thing is, though. Mm. And uh, it, it looks like Kirk Connors gets his trousers from the same shop as Bruce Banner <laughs> as well. The only place in Manhattan that sells purple, purple pants. Yeah. <laughs> well, it goes well with green, doesn't it? And a lab coat, yeah. <laughs> I do kind of, I do kind of wish they kept the lab coat for the Amazing Spider-Man. I know there's like a second where he wears the lab yeah, coat. Yeah, no, he like, rips it kinda, off. Kind of yeah. keep it on. Why do you keep it on? Um, so again this is another scene that was like copied lock stock and barrel into Spider-Man 3 where yeah. he's looking at the symbiote under a microscope mm. I mean he is like I guess what 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 kind of scientist is Kirk on? is he like a bio a I think he's a chemist yeah I think so something yeah. along those lines I'd have to look it up science yeah science, science <laughs> because is. science Dan because well <laughs> the weird thing the weird thing in Spider-Man 3 is he's a physicist Okay. He's definitely he states he's a physicist. He he teaches physics. I'm pretty sure. So so the fact that he kind of knows what it is and can explain all that is like I'm a bit like eh. yeah yeah it's it's I don't know it's interesting. Here's John Jameson. Uh, I'm ill. Uh, <laughs> Spider Man. Uh, rhino. Uh, oh. So there was a rhino. Yeah. Yeah. So um oh, yeah he he's so now Jameson is calling Brock out on his lies. Yeah. And uh, he's not very happy about it, yeah. but he's he's sacked. Yeah, well, he's like, out on the street again. Like, like it's it's Jameson's used very interestingly, depending on the writer. Sometimes he's just you know, just he's an he's an outright villain. Yeah, or he's or he's kind of an un misunderstood, kind of grouchy, cantankerous man. Um, but I, I like there's there's parts in the comics where he will absolutely. Um, stand up for the rights of the people and the rights of the free press yeah. and I really respect that and there's a there's a great comic where he quits the Daily Bugle because he created the Scorpion because he, he, someone finds out he created the Scorpion and he stands down mm -hmm. to Robbie Robertson Joe Robbie Robertson um, and then Spider-Man's like yeah but what about all the spider slayers you made <laughs> yeah. and also you created the guy called the Fly um, <laughs> it's just like all that but he's like no no it's because of that but there was I think there's one uh, there's an X-Men storyline called Operation Zero Tolerance where he he's basically there's a um, kind of a, a kind of a racist dictatorial fascist uh -huh. um, sentinel leader of the sentinels called Bastion uh, and I think he tries to make a deal with him to kind of Save save the paper or or out mutants or something like that, and he he straight up says absolutely not. I don't care if my business goes under. I'll not I will not do another kind of McCarthy esque, mm -hmm. um, you know, witch hunt. Yeah, on mutants, um, which again I I really do respect on the character. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, Spider Man has basically he's broken into broken in. Brock's apartment. Just yeah. make a suit's just making him a little pocket there. A little that's really pocket. cool. I like that. <laughs> 
I really like the way the suit looks as well. Mm. Now it's black, but it's sort of like ringed with, with the blue. blue yeah. yeah, I think that's the only way you could really animate it, I guess. Like, and I also like how Eddie Brock has been evicted like within an hour of them finding out <laughs> he's been fired. <laughs> and now we have Shocker. Shocker. Now, there's something that people always get wrong about Shocker. It always drives me mad. The Shocker is not, despite his name, is not an electrical-based it's, villain. It's not... He's not an electrical-based villain. He is... Uh, his powers are vibrational. Yeah. Um, so he's actually quite a good match for, for a black-suited Spider-Man. Yeah. Because of the sonics and everything. Um, so I always think of it like this. It's, it's to do with vibration. So I think the, the term shocker comes from, like, earthquakes and yeah, yeah. aftershocks. Aftershocks, That's yeah, how exactly. I see it. Yeah. But a lot of people just go, why has Spider-Man got two electrical villains? Um, I quite like the way they depict the Shocker in this because in the comics he's quite a bit of a loser villain. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a pathetic. In this, he is not. Not only is he menacing and evil and dark and disturbing, he's also voiced by Winnie the Pooh. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> Jim Mother Flipping Cummings, Jim yeah. Cummings of Winnie the Pooh fame, voices the Shocker, and he does a great job. And he has got that sort of like quite soft, like almost serpentine kind of voice yeah, in this. It's snake, really good. Yeah, yeah. snaky. I love the bit where he's like, man, maybe I can crawl through an air vent. Anyway, wait, that's the old Spidey talking. He just kicks the <laughs> <Yeah>. door down. <laughs> it's really cool. So, the animation as well is really slick. Yeah, uh, smooth. It's... it's not choppy at all. They do. Re- they do. Spider-Man is guilty of reusing quite a bit of of animation. I think he's just that shot's reused with the shocker there. Yeah, I um, thought. I thought as well when he's um, with the digital shots where he's web swinging. I thought, oh, they probably use a lot of like generic. Because they're not using actual building, they're very generic yeah. sort of buildings. Yeah, the back. But then I thought, oh no, he's 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 grappling with the digital effects, and it's in the black suit. So yeah. it's it's good they 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 did new. Yeah, it's not as, it's not as that. bad as like the sixties one, which literally yeah. stock footage over <laughs> stock footage over stock footage. Um, got some more CGs looking in a microscope. And in in the sixties show as well, uh, he didn't have any webbing on his torso. It was just on the gloves and the yeah. mask. Yes, so they could animate because him easier. They, yeah, yeah, because they couldn't be arse drawing it all. <laughs> I, I love the the Kingpin's headquarters as well. It's in the Chrysler. It's in the building. Chrysler building, yeah. And, that's... and like, and if, you, if and there's sequences later on. I think it's in the Hobgoblin episode where like one heart, one side of the building opens up so a helicopter can fly out and the Hobgoblin can fly out. <laughs> I was just like discreet, yeah. and I, I was like, well, if you've got to have a secret hideout, I would make it more secret. Um, now, if you watch this, um, um, Shocker doesn't pull out his IV. Yeah, <laughs> just takes, well spotted. Yeah, doesn't take out. It just throw, and he just jumps out the window. Yeah. So Shocker's just kidnapped John Jameson, basically. Yes. So this is to to basically get the Prometheum X back off Spider-Man to kind of ransom the the Prometheum X because they thought Brock they they wanted the photos off Brock and then they were like, no, squash Spider-Man. Don't. They kind of forget about the photos. Actually, they don't really come back to it. There are a few like plot holes here and there, but it's fine. I still love this stuff. That was cool—a really cool shot. How it like goes out through the window and then it pans down this like digital model, and then you've got hand-drawn Eddie Brock yeah. in his trench coat standing on the street. I like that. And that like you've really got cool. to think about this in the early nineties. This was probably one of the first times that these CG models were used. Oh, definitely, well. so yeah, yeah. Quite, it was pioneering. I think they. Use, I, I remember seeing some digital stuff in one of the Batman anime, uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Yes, of in course. the opening yeah, credits. Yeah, that's right. And in the sub. One, the Mr. Freeze one, there was some digital stuff there, but yeah, this it, it's definitely not seamless, it no. sticks out like a sore thumb. But, yeah. but for, for crikey, I nearly mean, 25 I mean, years if ago, if they didn't do that then, we wouldn't have what we have now, exactly. You know, they, they were the trendsetters, it walks in with Jay Jonah as well, yeah. You know, I, I, I like, I like, there's a great episode later on, or is it earlier on? 
I think it might be earlier on. Yeah, it's earlier on in this series where Smythe ties Jonah and Spider-Man together with a bomb. Oh. Uh, and it's just... It's just like any any time you get like Jay Jonah and Spider Man in anything stuck together and for whatever reason, it's just gold, just yeah. absolute gold. Um, and he's like jumping off of cliffs and stuff and all sorts, uh, or jumping off of buildings, and he's like, Wah! you know, all that. <laughs> I love that he's just like, all right, I'm taking my son out. I love here. that they never really specify like his injury, John Jameson. They're just like, he's not very well. Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, if you're going, if you're crashing a, a rocket like at that speed, you're probably going to be pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's probably horribly bleeding yeah. internally. <laughs> I love all the kind of puns they're whipping back and forth now. There's like, you know... Yeah, it's it was like, if you think that was a surprise, you're in for a real shock. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just... Like, all churches have lots of medieval weapons in yeah, glass standards. cases lying you know, around. And they're all, they're all deserted and no lighting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, they absolutely wreck this church as well. Like, they're, like they're taking all the pillars up. I'm sure the thing would just... Oh, yeah, there's a bit of tap, a bit of tapestry there. Um, that's a great shot, though, with all the kind of burning pieces. Yeah, it's flying. cool. Um, but, yeah. Bit bit inconsistent with Shocker's powers, how they make they can make they things burn, catch yeah. fire. Well, yeah. I, I have the same problem with Cyclops in the X-Men movies. Everything seems to burn when yeah. his powers are not uh, a laser. He's got, not... Yeah, Eddie Brock's got a mace. I'm going to get you one, Crawler. Yeah, just got a mace there. Yeah, he's like, I'm not done. But he can't hit anyone with it (laughs) because it's a 90s cartoon. Yeah, (laughs) it got absolutely ruined somebody. Okay, yeah, here comes another pillar. But I think they do a great job of having it's it's the art of fighting without fighting. Yeah. It's violence without like, actually like showing violence. Is, yeah, exactly. Like we we're seeing he's dodging it, and and yeah, we're not seeing any physical, you know, just throwing shit at each other and missing. But it but it works, and the and the, the the anger and the and the passion, and he's like, yeah, it's like this is a line here. I think he's like, I'm gonna chase you down to the ends of the earth, and you that's know. and that, like the delivery is really good. Yeah, like it's a this is like it's very dramatic, and this is for a kids show. You know, if you know when you're so used to things like you know Masters of the Universe, GI Joe, this has some real stakes. Yeah, this has real, and there's real characterization, and there's continuity as well. Like you didn't, yeah, you didn't used to get that with like GI Joe and stuff. Things very rarely would change. You know, Absolutely, unless yeah. it was like a two-parter and things like that. It's, and they that, were few and far between exactly, as well. Exactly, and and even then they'd probably forget about it when a new writer would write the next episode. I really like the spider sense effect in this show. It kind of goes a little bit sort of negativized in the background, and there's some some like just little flashes of sort of like veiny, spidery, yeah. spindly. Interestingly structures. enough, that effect was actually some of the backgrounds from the '60s show. So oh, really? Because it got really trippy and weird towards the end of the Spider-Man '60s show, where he'd like go into different dimensions. That's and stuff. cool. Um, so some of the backgrounds were used, and they're all kind of psychedelic and weird um, weren't really the best episodes arguably oh great power comes great responsibility there it is there it is I remember there's a line in this where uh, he crushes um, Shocker's gauntlets now I think he said something like try using your blasted gauntlets now but I thought he said alright I've got you little bastard <laughs> I was like, "Wow, they went there." So, so the, the suit has actually pushed Shocker out of the church to his doom. But Spider Man saved him at the last minute. He fell very slowly. To be yeah, fair. he did. I, I love this as well. How he yeah. can't, he can't pull it off. How violent! Yeah, I mean, the comics that again, he he was doing that. I mean, in the comics, he was in this. This scene is recreated. I actually spoke to Keith Williams, who worked on Web of Spider Man number one recently on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and I said like. How did it feel to have this iconic scene in everything? This is yeah, in everything. Yeah. He was like, because he was speaking, speaking about Venom, and I was like, you're involved in that, and this has been used in several movies, several animated series. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's iconic now. This one little scene, 
It's absolutely iconic. Every Venom iteration, there is some form of this for the most part of this scene, and it's. I love how the Venom when he's not there, the kind of yeah, it's kind of like liquid, kind of black. Yeah, but it's almost like a ghost. Yeah, and it's kind of vaguely held its form, Mm. and it's just trying to like grab him and and bond with him again. Yeah, I really like that. (laughs) I love that it's just in his boxes as well. Yeah, even though the suit (laughs) creates, even though the suit creates absolutely everything, every bit of clothing. I'll just keep boxes on just in case. To be fair, I would have been a bit miffed if he'd had the actual original Spider-Man suit on underneath, because then I'd be like continuity. Yeah. I do. I'll be honest. I, I was still a little disappointed with the Sam Raimi one that they didn't use the white spider because that, for me, that design is absolutely iconic. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of also a little bit. Dis- I get it that it's not on the new Venom yeah, film. Yeah. I, it makes sense that it wouldn't be, but I still do miss that spider. Cause that, yeah, me too. I like, and that's a classic suit. And you know, and you, and it always kind of comes. I think I think there's a new miniseries recently being written by Peter David where he's he's back in black. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a retroactive tale. <clears throat> ah, so this is where we learn that Spider-Man knew all along that something was wrong with Prometheum X. <laughs> Can we have a moment to appreciate Alistair Smythe's 90s mullet as yes, well? That's, that's, that's a thing of beauty. That is an incredible mullet. <laughs> Total flap top, little ratty bits at the back and the sides. Yeah. Um, I caught a bit of, um, the other day, I caught a bit of uh, Babe Pig in the City. I was around at my nana's and she put it on for whatever reason. I was like... Crikey, there's a pop. Yeah, I know. And the voiceover is actually the kingpin. Yeah, so it's like, Babe was, you know, what have you. A pig in a city. Yeah, I can't remember what he said, yeah. And it's his, it's his voice, and I was always like, this is a very odd voice to have. But it's, it's, very much, um, it's very much kind of Morgan Freeman-esque voice as well. I can't remember the actor's name, but he is fantastic. I love that the, the outline of, like, we've had the outline of, of the suit for Spider-Man's kind of a blue. Yeah. The Venom has a tinge of red in there. Oh, I missed that. Did you know it's that? To be continued. So we're on to the final part now. Yeah, yeah. So the symbiote is, is, is dribbled down. It's got hold of Eddie Brock. And yeah. then we... I love it when they do the thing where it pans over to a shadow and then... Because it would have been a bit too gruesome yeah. to show. Yeah. So you saw it sort of like attacking him and bonding to him through the shadow. That so, was really cool. So in the comics, uh, the original version of Venom was... Um, he he didn't know he was down there. They didn't introduce Venom until a long time after they got, Spider-Man got rid of the suit. Uh, there was a plan for it to go on various villains like Doctor Octopus and stuff like that. That never happened. Okay. Um, but there was this guy who was um, in various different kind of things. There was there's a scene where somebody pushes Parker in front of a, a train. Okay. And he managed to get out of the way. But he was like, "Why didn't my spider sense go off?" And then later on, they introduced Venom. And Venom is actually Eddie Brock is actually. Um, you remember the Sinita storyline we talked about in Nerdify? Do you remember that? Vaguely, back, back? yeah. It's kind of like a murder mystery one. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. I do remember. The shotgun yeah, yeah. and everything and killing the... the uh, Death of Jim Dwarf, that one. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so he he spoke to the guy who was pretending to be, who's claiming to be the Sin Eater, the true Sin Eater, but right. he wasn't. And then the, the, the newspaper found out, fired him, and Eddie is, is Catholic, mm-hmm. and he goes to the church to kill himself. Right, okay. And and all that kind of hate, self-hatred and anger and stuff attracts the, the dying symbiote mm-hmm. and it bonds with him and that hatred of Spider-Man as well. Uh, and that's how it links to him. Right, okay. And so there was a, a, a much bigger gap than most people who aren't familiar with the comics yeah. would assume. And the and the whole kind of aggression thing and the evil and the, the stuff that you see in Spider-Man, mm-hmm. that's totally... this. That comes out of this. Yeah. That was yeah. not in the original comics because in the original comics you're just like, I've got this suit yeah, and it was, it's made, it, it would go out it would go out swinging but you'd wake up exhausted because you didn't know he'd been out all night. Okay. Things like that. But there was never like aggression or evil or anything like that. It was kind of like how the one ring 
thing in The Hobbit was quite benign, but then yeah. in The Lord of the Rings, it's all evil. Exactly, like yeah. exactly, yeah. So, so here we go with the intro again. Um, it, it does, like, as, I mean, I, I love the Batman the Animated Series intro because it's, you know, it's a beautiful little sto- mini story. Very different to this. But, yeah. but this is very bombastic as well and, and very fast and there's a lot of flashing and CG and, you know. But you do get a good, like, shot at a lot of the villains they're going to introduce, especially in this series. Very much so, yeah. And, and I think we just got a, a shot from this episode in reverse of the Kingpin, mm. where he's coming from the shadows into the light. It's very That's kind of Frank Miller-esque. Yeah. I really like yeah. that. Well, I mean, I mean, Frank Miller did a lot of work on the Kingpin to bring him into kind of the, the modern interpretation that we know now. Before yeah, that, absolutely. Kind of, yeah. Not, before that, he was, you know, still a good character, but he, he wasn't anywhere near as menacing no. um, as Frank Miller made him when he brought him back. But yeah, I, the lizard episodes are great as well. Um, the first lizard episode, even the even the doctor, all of these, this whole first and second series for me really nailed it. Third and fourth and fifth, they have their moments, but they're not all they're not consistently good all the way through. I'd argue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Eddie's working out. This God, is look um, at those muscles. There's a there's a scene just like this in. Uh, have you read Venom Dark Origin? Yeah. Yeah, mm. that's that's really good. I like that's that. A good, that's a really good read. And really um, and that that's like rewatching this yesterday just put me in mind of that and mm. just like how he's he's sort of talking with the yeah. symbiote almost about how like life's been I think really unfair to him. I think that's a really good. I mean, the timeline the timeline's a bit wobbly on that technically, mm-hmm. but I kind of I consider it a bit of a, a sort of reboot anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that is for me. That's the quintessential Venom origin. Yeah, yeah, book. it's really good. If you want to read a Venom origin, if you come out of watching this and you want to read a comic version of it, read that, and it kind of fills in the blanks and what happened in the comics and things we've talked about already. Here we go, Venom. The um, the actual animation of the the symbiote transitions is way better. They they could have got away with doing far less. Yeah, but I like the fact that they they challenge themselves. Yeah, they challenge themselves and they sort of made it. Comic like the the thing how it's like the the mask the face it like looks like it's almost like eating Eddie Brock yeah obviously metaphorically it is mm. is that a thing from the comics or is that something they did just for this um I, I can't I can't honestly say I think I mean he I mean when it got on Brock he started being his the powers started to change a bit and mm-hmm. they got a bit more menacing and it got a bit more like uh, aggressive and and disgusting and weird mm-hmm. um. Like when it was on Spider Man, they weren't anywhere near that kind of grotesque and odd. And you didn't um, want to eat any brains. No, you? exactly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't need to eat brains um, until later. That's but, obviously absent in this as well. Yeah, that is true. It's <laughs> well. I, lo- I love that he's, he's, he shocks him right into a, a J. Jonah Jameson sign. <laughs> yeah, there's a, just a, a giant billboard of Jameson like pointing accusatory at the world. <laughs> Looking really disapprovingly at you. <laughs> now, you don't actually ever really get a backstory for the rhino or the shocker in this. They're kind of just there now. They're I don't think of... you need... I think they're, yeah. they're, they they function perfectly well as just, like, Thugs. quirky bad guys fight. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's face it, with Spider-Man villains, especially early Spider-Man mm. villains, like, it's it's all about the gimmick. And writers have gone oh, back and, like, <laughs> added added dimension to them yeah, and sure. fleshed them out but like they are all about the gimmick at first pretty much yeah but like a lot like the f- kind of flash rogues and things like that exactly yeah um here we go he's like whose webbing's that i like that <laughs> how he's just oh basically i'm the new improved you yeah and he shows it by webbing yeah. up those guys shows you I've, I've beaten these guys you never defeated them properly so you know without the suit without you know he's it's like what did you say yeah it says I got up here just like you did, Parker. And he's like, what did you say? And he's like, ooh, a bit of a bully, aren't you? Yeah. 
Now that's that's one thing they kind of steered away from. They kind of steered away from the geeky, nerdy Spider-Man. In yeah, this. It's, he's kind of more like a general, average dude. But but Spider-Man, like you know, he could have everything he wants, but kind of Spider-Man gets in the way of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got women in his life. You know, he's not an absolute. He's still a science geek and nerd and stuff, but it's not as as you know, like he's not as like socially awkward. No. Um, no, they they sort of. Uh, I mean, I think I I read it as like a little bit older, like yeah. college age kind of Peter Parker. I think he's he's supposed to be about nineteen, but I okay, think he, yeah. he does come across more like a twenty five year old. I yeah, it, it, it's only when he's like going in and out of campus that yeah. like gives it away. Yeah, exactly. He does look an act older. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I love the I love they get the threat of Venom across in this the the. You know the menace of him, and the, and like the the vil- his other villains are like absolutely terrified. You would be with yeah, a, yeah. You know, much like the characters in the Venom movie, you're like Jesus Christ, it's going to eat me. I know. Just a little like there's just little bits like the little sort of veins like sticking yeah. out through the suit, and now we get the the little hint of like how old this symbiote yeah. is and how long it and how many civilizations it's seen yeah. and where not even where it's come from, yeah. but like all the places it's been. As far as I mean. They've really recent in recent years they've really expanded on the kind of symbiote law and there's like a god of the symbiotes okay. and various other things, um, which is quite interesting. They, and they did that a little bit in the nineties, but it wasn't done as well. So I think they've gone back recently and gone right. What can we do with this? And there's been various mini series in recent years. I've read some of them and, and some of them are pretty good. Um, so yeah, but um, I, I do like I do like that there's this kind of you know this this history to it. I think they're called. Uh, what are they call? I think they're called the Clintar. I think that's what they've called them in the comics now. They're not just okay. known as the Symbiotes. They they have a race name, and apparently they weren't as aggressive as they used to be. I think okay. is the storyline. I'd have to read up on it a bit more, but it is interesting. Um, but there's, I, I really like the the stalker aspect to Venom. Yeah, yeah. Like the kind of that he can be anywhere at any time. He can look like anybody because in the comics he has like a camouflage ability, so he can literally like blend into the background. Oh right, I didn't uh, know kind that. Kind of a chameleon aspect, as well as changing his. You know, obviously he adds kind of he gets more powers to be more of a threat to Spider Man than than Spider Man ever realized, and mm-hmm. um, that he could have done all this stuff. But yeah, and and that his way, look, his webbing's tougher. He can't snap it. Um, you know, he says, "I've got new and improved webbing." You That's know, really cool. All that sort of stuff, and the effects on his voice are really good. Yes, yeah, I really, kind of yeah, like, it was really creepy, <laughs> kind of thing. And I remember being really disappointed that they didn't do that in Spider Man Three. His voice doesn't change at all no, when, he, when the mask's yeah. up. It's just like it's just like whiny Eric Thorman, isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> another link. Another link to uh, that seventy show. Yeah, 70 yeah, show, good yeah. Pull. Eddie Brock. Oh yeah, doesn't he find out he? Because I I, I, I I tried to rewatch this on YouTube, but this episode I can find in full. It's just a, it's a set of clips. I think he finds out. Yeah, he works in a works in like a it's like a workout place yeah, yeah. that's it <laughs> 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 basically the ad just then just this weightlifting ad just became venom and tried to reach for this Peter Parker then, that's bizarre cool. I like that but he, he knows he's a threat because again he can't he can be anywhere at any time mm-hmm. be doing anything with anyone and they do and um, the spectacular Spider-Man show does that really well as, as well there's kind of a a, a, a series long intro to Venom the finale is Venom and again he's like going after the one he really loves and things like that 
Um, and I'll get there. Well. I will watch. I oh, will watch Spectacular Spider-Man. At I'd, some point. I'd argue, as much as I love this, as much as I absolutely adore this, I'd argue that Spectacular Spider-Man is probably a more comic book accurate and a better show. Okay. Because um, I remember when you first started out this yeah. podcast, you were doing quite a lot of work on yes. them, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I was, I, well, I, I saw they were going cheap on iTunes. I thought I'll, I'll do it kind of because it was. Um, I think it was like a ten-year anniversary of it coming out. Wow. Yeah. Where has the sign gone? Exactly. And I was in. I was just in uni. I think as it was coming out and. I'd had a I'd had a pretty serious operation and I had to I basically had to sit in all summer and that's basically what I did I just watched that show. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, what do you think is kind of what do you think of Peter Parker's like fashion sense in this? Well, he does just have that one rugby shirt, doesn't he, in the jeans? <laughs> but it's it's better than um, Bruce Wayne's brown and yellow Dwight Schrute. Yeah, so. <laughs> true, true. He is meant to be a billionaire, and he yeah he only owns one suit. Now, now the interesting thing about Venom, he does in this episode he threatens to do things like tell Aunt May's secret and reveal his identity to the world and date Mary Jane and all yeah, that sort yeah. Of stuff. But in the comics, he has this weird kind of morality, this like. Um, the only the only guilty party really is are either the criminals or or Peter Parker as, as Spider Man who ruined his life. Everybody else is an innocent. Yeah, I remember He's got it, weird it, twisted morality. Innocent, yeah. Yeah, so that's why he becomes like the lethal protector. That's when they kind of made him into his own kind of superhero. Um, I don't know. I don't know when they kind of introduced that, but he, he has killed innocents, or he killed. He killed a. He's famously killed a, like a security guard, a policeman. Or oh, he did kick Venom. Then he did yep. punch him. But he yep. did kick him. Oh yeah, a bit of steam in the eyes. <laughs> 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 I mean, I maybe they had quotas like you can have one punch and one kick per yeah, episode maybe. or something like that. Oh, he's just he's behind the chopper. He's but clearly, again, they're, they're, the they're really smart about sort of having fight scenes and action without being excessively violent. Yeah. And and again, the the acting for me, the acting does most of the work. That's it. Yeah, you're absolutely it's, right. It, yeah, it convinces you. It convinces you that it's it's threatening and that the, this is the end of the world. You know, I remember this. I remember this scene specifically because I was like. I was like, oh my God, you know, yeah. as a kid, I was like, this is one of the first times I was like, oh my God, he's, they're going to find out who he is and yeah, Spider-Man yeah. is over. Because um, he's about to pull off his mask. Uh, yes, of course, I remember this. Three, man, two, yeah. one, and off it comes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does really, have a history really, of... There's a really annoying dude here who's like, look everybody, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> he looks like Ned Leeds in Homecoming <laughs> where he's wearing the mask. Yeah, he does a bit. He's like, and then Jonah's like, I'm going to get that wall crawling freak. Um, just, but the funny thing is he can't get the camera to yeah, focus yeah you'd have thought that a newspaper editor would know how to use a, a zoom is, <laughs> this isn't a short scene either it no. takes like two or three minutes yeah. and he's still twiddling with this bloody zoom yeah. but I, I quite like um, I mean in the comics he loses his mask all the time and yeah. I remember reading the first volume of Brian Michael Bendis' Run yes. Run Avengers yeah, yeah. Um where he loses his mask and I, I can't remember who says like well you lost your mask he's like yeah thank god for my average looks <laughs> because you know like it's just some dude generic, like, generic white dude obviously JJ would recognize and I remember there is an episode where um, in this series where he meets like a little girl who's like a huge Spider-Man fan yes, yeah. I think it's called Make a Wish or something yeah, like that yeah. and, and he takes off his mask and she goes oh, Peter Parker it's like how the fuck do you know who yeah. Peter Parker is? He's just some dude. But then they go, oh, you take the pictures of Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, right. fair enough. I missed that. Now, now, what you didn't notice there was actually that that, that bit of um, the rotor that the, the helicopter grabs to cut away that, that suit, that yeah. cut away the webbing, was actually on the other side of the building. 
So we couldn't have reached that. So there's a little error there in the animation. <laughs> if you're watching very closely. Oh, creepy old, creepy old Eddie trying to be uh, Mary Jane's boyfriend. Oh, of course, yeah. He was meant to have a date with Mary Jane. Yeah, sorry I was late. Oh, as well. Oh, don't worry. I looked after her, Parker. I'll always look after her. Now, the first appearance of Venom in the comics, he literally breaks into Spider-Man's... They're married. Mary Jane and Spider-Man are married at the time. He breaks into the apartment. He looks like... Spider-Man, you know, he's got the black suit. Right. And then he grows this menacing smile. Oh. And it freaks her out so much that she tells him to get rid of the black suit. Never, okay. never ever again does she want to experience that. So, And then even, I think uh, he even assaults the black cat quite, beats up the black cat quite badly in another comic. So okay. he's, he's always been quite a menacing figure. And this whole, using this stuff to, to menace him with his knowing his secret identity was never really done there's lots of characters Green Goblin especially knew his secret for a very long time yeah and and after Venom did all this kind of stalkery kind of like dodgy stuff um, only then did the Green Goblin start doing that sort of thing mm-hmm. and like using that to his advantage um, so like as much whether you like Venom or you hate Venom or you're sick of hearing about Venom you know he did change comics and Spider-Man for better or for worse I remember reading a comic, and I was very young at the time, must have been about five or six, where it was Eddie Brock um, in Peter's house, and he was mm. talking to Aunt May. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, I'm sure there was a line where, and this is like we're going back 30-odd mm. years now, but I'm sure there's a line where he says, oh, it's not often you get to meet someone so innocent. Yeah. And then Peter kicks him out of the house. Yeah. But was it was this Todd McFarlane then? This yeah, I believe so. Yeah, the earliest one, and then um, and then it was Eric Larson, I believe. Drew okay, it. and uh, and oh, what's his name? Oh, I love it. Mark Bagley. Mark Bagley. They're the kind of three main Venom artists for me. I think I think Eric Larson's probably my favourite. Okay. So now now Spider Man's going to turn. He turns it on him. He's got I like the, that. He's got the Spider Man obsessive stuff, but now he's putting all the all the newspaper clippings of Brock. <laughs> Bad reporter yeah. fired. Naughty. <laughs> That's Naughty news. boy. <laughs> That's real news, yeah. I like that he smashed his uh, his own wall wide open to yeah. get Spider Man there. That that's something we've we've not mentioned that it, it states in this is that um, Venom is like he can't be detected with Spider Man's spider right, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's that's and that's that's even more. It makes him even more of a threat. Exactly. Yeah. So here we go. There's the web. It's just just hanging by the just web, dangling, just dangling. Yeah, right a bit of dangling. that's not that's not dangerous at all. Ow. <laughs> Oh. I do. I do like the this. I think he has a plan. I think he's he, he has the plan to lead him to the space shuttle. Is that is that right? I think. Yes, and yeah. I remember thinking like that's pretty much exactly what happens in the Venom movie as well, yeah, isn't it? It is. Yeah. With exactly. the uh, the roar of the um, the space. The ro- yeah, the roar of the engine, kind of yeah rocket, and then he attaches it. Well, it doesn't. I, I mean, he attaches it in this, but yeah, Venom is kind of already in the space rocket, isn't it? Space rocket, that's how you describe space, it. The space in, rocket. In space rocket. You know, in space <laughs> rocket. That, yeah, you're going to go up in the space rocket. But I, I, I remember thinking, God, he's going to have to, like, because he, he's, like, he's leading him, but he, his plan to lead him is not, is not really well thought out. And no. It's, and it's some way for him to go as well, all but the way from his apartment. That's very Spider-Man as well, though. Mm. He's not a great strategist. No. He is always sort of like winging it and hoping for the yeah. best. But I always I do like I do like that. There is a sort of there's a loose plan. <laughs> I, yeah. love the, I love that Venom misses the train. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I didn't I missed that the first yeah, time. Yeah, he just thought he jumps. And now now he's just, you know, just big eighteen wheeler. <laughs> Eastbound down. <laughs> 
He so doesn't need a key. Nah, of course he doesn't uh, need a key. This is where it honks him. I love that. That's brilliant. I love the kind of, they kind of keep the quirky humour of Venom. Venom's actually quite... like I know a lot of people complain that he was too weird and wacky and funny. That's always kind of been part of the Venom character. Yeah, is there's you know scenes of him singing, you know, swinging along, singing "Strangers in the Night" and things like that. <laughs> really weird, bizarre kind of. There's all this kind of weird, odd humor to it. Yeah, it's kind of a bit kooky, and I'm glad they kind of kept that in the Venom film. Um, I like I like that shot. He's just on top of the bar. Yeah, film. that's really cool. It's really nice. Um, yeah, we've got another. We're, we're naming this the John Jefferson Space Shuttle, or so. Do they name it after him? I think yes, I think like they that. do. Yeah. Uh, it's a probe or something. I don't think it's... Yeah, it's not manned, is it? I remember thinking, like, he's just got out of hospital and you're sending him back up to space. Jesus. <laughs> no, he's there, he's there. He's oh, not he's going up in it. He's not okay. going up in it. He's still in the wheelchair. He's still going, yeah, <laughs> Spider-Man, yeah, black stuff, yeah, rhino. It's weird how, like, they wouldn't just explain how he's injured. I suppose it's not necessary, but, like... No, but again, if, you know, you'd probably still be shaking from all the vibrations, surely, of the space. And then, I uh, guess, yeah. Yeah. What what happens to the other guy? They never you never really hear about the other guy. Yeah, he died horribly. <laughs> he, was, he was cut clean in two. Yeah, I mean because it looks like it's gonna the symbiote's gonna possess him and then, and then yeah. it doesn't. So I don't know. What, you know, maybe he's just in a coma or something. This is a this is a cool fight. Yeah. Boom, webbing in the all face. All the webbing. <laughs> That's probably all of his cartridge now. <laughs> I don't remember him running out of webbing in this series, which is weird. Oh, he definitely does. He definitely does. Um, there are scenes where he reloads. Especially, especially in the first episode. The okay. Um, there's a there's great in the there's a great episode. In it. Uh, you, you know all the kind of the you know one of the funniest things about the the editing. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Is the space rocket? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, and the, the no. suit's coming off. What from... have you done? Yeah, because Venom doesn't know the weakness at this point. He doesn't know his own weakness. But the symbiote does. Oh, that's right. And because yeah. there's uh, that line about how uh, did you cloud like did you cloud it away from yeah, your mind? Exactly, yeah, I like, I like. And that's something that I forgot happened in this. He he actually removes the symbiote from him and 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 just like sticks it to a wall. Yeah, it's to the rocket, and then off, off it goes into space where nobody can have it. Oh no, there's someone in the elevator. <laughs> so wait, is that it for Venom now, or does he come back? He does come back. He okay. does come back, yeah. I think season three, I think, Okay. Um, he comes back. So they leave him out for a long time then. And Carnage as well. Oh! Yeah, Carnage. Uh, it's it's a weird one. It's 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 Carnage and Venom, Dormammu, Barramordo, what? Iron Man and War Machine. Why not? Two episode crossover, crazy stuff. That sounds um, crazy. But, but they don't bring Venom back after that, because he kind of goes off and... He's quite kind of happy with with a with a woman, and they kind of go off and do their own thing. Oh, I think. Or do they die? They might die. But yeah, <laughs> just Mary Jane there looking at the moon with her unfocused eyes for some yeah. reason, and yeah. then boom, Blah. transitions into yeah. Venom. Could always come back. But they don't say what happens to Brock. They don't say no. what happened. You do find out in that. That's that's the end of the episode. But yeah, that was the alien costume saga parts one to three. I'm really glad because you lent me these. DVDs mm. quite a while ago and it's just life gets in the way and I just never never got around to watching them so this gave me a really really good excuse to to, to dust the to dust, dust off them dust off, <laughs> dust off the <laughs> cobwebs to, to dust them off and to uh, and to actually watch them that's brilliant, brilliant yeah yeah I really but, enjoyed it yeah I think for me that is that is 
the quintessential kind of Venom story for me. You know, you've got you've got a lot of other stuff going on, um, and you know, I, I think you do kind of need some other kind of plot device. So the Prometheum X does make sense. Yeah. Um, but I think as a, as a one-off episode, you could just watch the Venom episode and just and have a lot of fun with that. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, but I do kind of like, I like the introduction of the Shocker and the Kingpin and all that other yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, it's it's a really good uh, showcase of what makes the like all the little idiosyncrat- idiosyncratic things that make the show so appealing. Yes, um, and I, I think there is an element of you had to be there, you had to be a kid in the sort of yeah, mid nineties to, I, to I get the most out of it. But my friend, my friend Nathan Smith, who's been on the show, he. He says the similar thing about the Goonies movie. Mm. If you don't see it as a kid, you won't enjoy it as an adult. And everyone I've talked to, I go, oh, do you like the Goonies? And I was like, and they go, no. And I go, did you watch it as a kid? And they go, no. Ah, so yeah. I kind of I believe he's right on that. And I think there are certain things. And he loves this show as well. And we have a lot of, we've rewatched it multiple times. Every so often we'll go, yeah, let's just put this on for a bit. And just yeah, it's really good. And it's a great, it's a great show. And if It's you, a really nice little Spidey fix. It is, yeah. If you like Spider-Man, this is quality, quality stuff. It's fun. Um, again, there's a lot of other animated Spider-Man projects that you can look at and have fun with, and may- maybe that's your preference. Maybe you prefer the Ultimate Spider-Man, or you know, or Spider-Man is Amazing Friends, which is also fun as well. It's kind of fun. That's kind of more like in in line with kind of those GI Joe, yeah, yeah. universe type shows, kind of one-off adventures. That introduced Firestar as well. That was a, a Harley. That was a Harley Quinn type thing where she was introduced to the show and then introduced in the comics. I did not know that. Yeah, that's really cool. Interesting. Iceman obviously existed because he's part of the original X Men. But uh, as I was saying earlier about the the um, the censorship, <laughs> uh, one of one of the main things was they came back with a huge list of things they couldn't say or do. Um, one of them was make sure that Spider Man doesn't land on any pigeons when he jumps from roof. <laughs> When he jumps from roof to roof, I mean that's that's re- that's a really weird studio note because yeah. it would you'd have to put a lot of effort in. Mm. It's not like the pigeons just happen to be in the in the actual sh- like you'd have to mm. draw them and you'd have to animate. Yes, you'd have to animate them being crushed by Spider Man. Yeah. So <laughs> that's not to... the kind of thing you do accidentally, yeah. and it's not something you would probably show. Oh look, ah, oh, squished a pigeon like that. <laughs> it's pretty gross. It's pretty <laughs> gross for a kids show, and it's pretty like. Not responsible yeah. to be squashing pigeons in New York. A mangled pigeon yeah. on oh, his shoe, you know. Yeah, on his foot. <laughs> um, one, one of the one of the weirdest ones, the most annoying one, uh, most annoying to me was when they introduced the Sinister Six, which is at the start of the second series. So they've mm-hmm. introduced all these characters in the last series, the first series, and they go right. Let's combine them all into this the Sinister Six classic line. Not it's not the classic lineup of the Sinister Six, but it's using the characters they've introduced in the previous show. So we've got a bit of. But yeah, imagine them all teaming up and fighting. And Spider Man is also losing his powers, which is kind of added, adds to the kind of peril. And May gets kidnapped. Um, however, they felt that the word sinister was a bit too much. Oh my goodness. So they called them the Insidious Six. I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> very diff- that would have very different connotations these days. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean technically the word sinister it comes from way back in the day. It was meaning the meaning was you are left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> so and it because obviously religious people are like oh you're weird and different and wrong, you must be evil, you're sinister. Um however, over in the X-Men, there is literally a character called Mr. Sinister. <laughs> Mr. Insidious. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's some dark stuff going on in there and some weird stuff as well. But, yeah, some of the... I do... 
And again, like these New York cops you'll see are carrying around like laser pistols. Yeah. Which is kind of. And in Batman, they've got proper guns and stuff. Yeah. I've never been of the sort of school of thought of all insulate children from the bad things in life because. Yeah. That just that just leads to warped adolescence, yeah. really. For, for me, like you can, there's a lot of there's always, there's all, yeah. You censor too much stuff. You know, people are gonna get the people are gonna look out, look for that thing. And mm. and I always feel like if you've got screw loose, no matter what you watch, play or do, if you if you want to do a horrible thing, you're gonna do a horrible thing. You yeah, know, you're gonna go out and do that. Yeah, you may be, you know, influenced by things you watch or inspired by, but you're still gonna go out and do a horrible thing, no matter what you watch. You know, even if you don't know what that is or what have you. So I, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. But they always, it's every everything that comes, it comes around. It's either video games or it's, you know, it's pornography or something and it's always like oh well, this is to blame this is the one thing to blame for all the all the violence in the world yeah i mean i'm not saying yeah. that children should all watch porn no neither am i neither am i but um, <laughs> you know what i mean the kind of it's like like we said like you know the the seduction of the innocent as well i think 20th century geek did a did a podcast on that recently and you know that, that was just a means to an end it's mm. like it's a means to an end for political people to maneuver and to get more power and to be listened to it's just a platform yeah and and it, it really annoys me and upsets me that, that you know they just pick something and go that's the thing that's wrong with society that one thing that that if we get rid of that everything will be good Generating outrage is, I think, a very sort of uh, a very sort of oft used political tool. But that's yes. that's a, that's a whole other podcast, yes, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Um, so we've got a little bit of time left. Um, do you want, is there anything else you want to say about Spider Man on a whole as a character? Or um, yeah, thank you very much for for again getting me to watch this because. And, and re-engage with it because it's just made me re-engage with and get excited about Spider-Man again and with uh, Far From Home just around the corner mm-hmm. I think this is a good time to get excited about Spider-Man again and um, this morning I was actually watching the um, you know how there was the Cinema Sins yes uh, I, was, I, I don't watch that no. too much negativity yeah. in the world. Uh, but I do I'm a big fan of the Cinema Wins okay. uh, so I've been watching the Everything Great about the Amazing Spider-Man nice. so I, I would really like to re-watch those at some point in yeah, the future I, as well. I, I think we could def- I think we should definitely do that and I, I, I wanna, I'd like to do a lot more kind of Spider-Man content because I seem to have done more Superman and Batman content than, than Spider-Man content given the name of the podcast don't know why yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd be I'd be well up for I'd be well up for re-watching those because I, again we, I know we did them for Nerdify way back um, but I would like to, to re-watch them because there's a lot there's a lot of good stuff in there there's a lot of re- I mean especially the first one I think is, is quite strong on its own mm. um, two not so much but I still enjoyed it I really love that yeah. first suit as well yeah. you know yeah, it was good with the little... sneakers and the yeah, home, yeah. homemade. I do like know, it. Yeah, the sunglass lenses and things like that. It's not. It's not a bad suit. It's not a bad suit, and it's not a bad film. I don't think. Um, it might not be to everyone's taste, but I, I, I like when they kind of they go right. What have we done with the first one? Let's do the opposite or do a different spin on it on mm-hmm. this one. So you know. You know, I quite liked the kind of that he was driven by finding that one guy that shot Uncle Ben. Like yeah. That obsessive, almost like in a Batman way. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's looking for the Joe Chill um, character. So that would, and that kind of made it a bit more modern, a bit more real. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, he doesn't just go, oh, great power gone strong, spell this ability. And, and I like they didn't find him as well. There's a lot of a lot of things I really like, and I like the web shooters, I like the tech. Some, some stuff didn't, didn't always work, but there's a lot of stuff I really like in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have any like particular like favorite Spider-Man 
stories, episodes, villains? Uh, oh, uh, now again, uh, like in terms of episodes, it's been a while since I've seen this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just little mo- like as with anything that you remember from your childhood, it's just little sort of moments that you that just stick in your brain. And I remember there being one really powerful little moment where it was a kingpin moment mm. where Vanessa's walking out of him. Oh, yeah. Walking out on him, even. He says, uh, oh, but I love you, Vanessa. And she says, I used to believe that, but all you love is being the kingpin. And I was like... <laughs> That's really like even even at a young age, I was yeah. like, wow, that's really that's that's way more dramatic than I'd expect in a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. And even then, I appreciated that. And you don't like what's what I found really interesting about the Kingpin as well. Like his like he's there from the very beginning. He's there from pretty much from I think from the third episode onwards. And mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. always a presence, and he's always there. But it's not until I think late into the third series or fourth series that Spider Man even finds out he exists. That's cool. Like he has no idea. He doesn't know there's a person. He doesn't like. He'll see like Smythe and the Shocker uh, and, and and the Hobgoblin, and he even goes into like I think when he goes back into the Kingpin's base when he knows the Kingpin is there, um, he's like, oh, I fought the Hobgoblin here, mm. and it's like because he has no idea of the Kingpin's existence, and that's I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's very true to the nature of the character because yeah. he is the puppet master. Exactly. Well, he's not the puppet yeah. master. The puppet master is the puppet master. <laughs> 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 but no, I know what you mean. Is the is the kind of I think they kind of tried to to make him a very much a Moriarty type yes. character. Excellent it. comparison. Yeah, yeah. and and it, and it really works. And he's always working behind the shadows. And and it's it's very much like the Netflix show. We don't say his name. Yeah, you know, we don't say his name. And I, I like that he's shrouded in mystery. And but he's still this overwhelming physical presence and even when he first fights him I think he's like I think it is the dead of a crossover where he finds out I think mm. which possibly. season's that in I want to say the third series okay possibly fourth I think there's I think there's five series altogether I think I'm just um, trying to figure out whether to like watch them from the start or, or just kind of cherry pick, pick. yeah, yeah. I, I do I th- that crossover works really well because I think that we're trying to springboard into a daredevil show um, which would I think would have been cool, and they got a great cool. they've got a great voice actor for him as well, and it can, and they and that's what I like about the characters as as dark as the the interpretation of Daryl can go. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of there's still a lot of similarities with Spider Man. Oh and yeah, that, yeah, and that's why he was created. They were like, we need another Spider Man. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's what you get, but it, with a slight you know slight twists and turns. He's a bit more adult. He's a bit more mature, um, and goes into the very dark noir settings. Um, where Spider-Man might not necessarily go, and they share a very good villain in the Kingpin as well. But but yeah, some really great episodes. I would recommend, I think, Six Forgotten Warriors. That's a big kind of mm-hmm. Golden Age crossover. Captain America, Red Skull, uh, Kingpin, Sinister Six, Silver Sable. Huge, huge. I think that's in the last series. As well as The Secret Wars as well. Has some really good moments. Um, all the Green Goblin stuff I love. Yeah. Absolutely love. Uh, I think it's Neil Ross who plays him. Who played Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, in the Amazing Friends as well? He played nice, him, which was so he brought him back, and and it's a very kind of menacing um, kind of portrayal of the character, and it's very uh, split person. The split person because he's very got this very deep kind of old kind of senior voice, mm-hmm. but then when he becomes the Goblin, it's very much like <laughs> you know, it's very okay. kind of over the top, and it's it's such a it's so juxtaposed and done so well, and even when they bleed into each other as well, it's really well well acted. But yeah, some great cameos. Blades in this. Yeah, uh, yeah. The X Men. The X Men crossover is brilliant as well. Uh, start of opening into the. I think it's not the opening. That's the Sinister Six, Insidious Six storyline. 
but then after that is the crossover. And it's got a really good kind of beast storyline because basically it's this corporation that's trying to cure mutants, but actually they're not trying to cure, cure mutants, they're trying to kill them all. Oh my goodness. Um, and Beast, and beast were, when he became a mutant... His it's based on his research, right? So he feels very kind of responsible for okay. for these this company that's killing mutants. Um, but it's great; it's got the entire cast of the X Men animated series in, pretty much. Nice, um, and it's it's really good because because um, Spider Man's going through this mutation. It's not a natural mutation like the X Men. Mm. Um, so Xavier's like, I don't think I can help you because it's not what you know you weren't born a mutant like we were um and there's this really nice kind of dialogue he's like yeah but i'm going to turn into a mutant freak and he's like well not all mutants are freaks yeah um you know it's like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, it's, whoa. Like, it's like whoa yeah so it's, there's a nice little bit of dialogue and a bit of fun to be had there um but yeah i, I love the show i love the show and i can't honestly get enough of it the performances are great the villains are great everything is is lots of fun and again there's a lot of recycled animation and there's a few dud episodes but that's you know that's to be done and said for a lot of shows you know yeah yeah i'm, I'm really excited about diving deep into it and mm. just sort of like immersing myself again in it because you've lent me all mm. of them like hulk iron <laughs> man x-men i basically own every animated thing comic book related ever yeah and i've, I've lent down and i think you know and that's one of the reasons why we can do a lot more of this stuff as yes, well and i want to do i want to do more in the future and i think you're a great person that kind of knows and appreciates this oh, bless kind, you. Of, kind of thing like I do as much as I do, uh, and uh, you know, I, th- I think all my other friends as well would do, you know, would enjoy certain bits and pieces. But I don't think they're like as as invested as you are, and and like to get you know both feet in. Yeah, yeah. Deep dives. Always, always happy to talk about this <laughs> stuff. Mate. Always. Um, what would you like to do next? I'm going to put that up to you. Let's do another one. What would you What would you like to do next? Oh crikey! Okay, so we got we can do the films, we can do the animated films, we can do uh, series, cherry picks. Some, some series. Something Spider Man related, yep. or, or no, no, anything you you pick, you pick. Why don't we do Robin's Reckoning? Oh, great pull! Gr- absolutely great pull! Yes, we'll do we'll do Robin's Reckoning. It's a two parter, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, it's really, those are some that's some really tight episodes. Awesome. Yeah, let's do that. Excellent. Yep. Look forward to returning to Prattle World. Yes, thank you very much. Well, I think we'll we'll end it there. Um, as always, you can find me on um, on Facebook um, at at Secret Balls. Type that into the search bar; it will come up. Um, on Twitter, I am at Dan underscore Balls. Instagram now it is Spider Dan Secret Balls, all one word. Um, or also, this podcast is available on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, etc., etc., etc. Spotify, you know. Um, where can they find yourself, Dan? Uh, I'm mostly on Twitter. You can find me at DLKetis, K E A T I S. Um, and you'll just find me being really positive or trying to be positive as much as possible about all things superhero related and, uh, and also talking a little bit about work uh, every now and then because I'm a freelance <laughs> copywriter. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, I, I'd always do appreciate your positivity on Twitter because I know it can be a very negative place and I like to keep a very small circle. It can feel like poking dog shit uphill with a toothpick. Yeah. <laughs> well described, well described. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's why I keep my... I've deleted my other... If, if, you, if you've lost to follow guys I have deleted my other um, Twitter account because I'm just not really using it it was more I was using it more for kind of acting work and I'm not really doing so much of that anymore so I've deleted that for the time being so there's only the Spider-Dan Secret Balls one so um, but yeah you'll find me there and Dan is there you can probably find him 
where he said you can find him or you can link to yeah, my stuff. Yeah, come say hello. I'm yeah. lovely. Yeah, we're all great. We're all fun <laughs> and we'll, we're, we like any support and, 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 you know, watch the episodes or don't watch the episodes, but enjoy our ramblings and our prattle. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much for joining us again and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.